When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome back to another Cardinals Update podcast presented by me, Cardinals Update, you know, or Jesus, or Duke, whatever you want to call me. And basically what we're going to be talking about is just what Gannon said in his post-game presser, what Kyler said, you know, this is the last post-game presser that we're going to have this season. And then just a recap of the game, you know, what what, what went right, what, what went wrong, and just overall what to look forward to. So yeah, just hopping straight into it. Um, Gannon's presser, he, he was more a little more um optimistic about it about everything and just about the team going forward he said you know one of the main things he started off with is saying that good things are on the horizon and he's very enthused about next season and it's just he just gave a a lot of compliments to the team as a whole he said the team mentality in the locker room and on the field never wavered you know throughout this the the difficult season you know he came in and you already knew that Kyler was going to be out for at least the first four games, you know, there was some hype about him coming back um, for week one, but most likely he was going to miss at least the, four, the first four games. And after that, just seeing where he where, where he comes back, where he is in the rehab. And then, you know, going throughout the whole offseason with Colt McCoy as a quarterback, you know, him throwing some practices, throwing not him being just a lot older and then having Josh Dobbs come in like two weeks before the season started. And then just as a whole, just having a lot of ups and downs in terms of injuries and just playing a lot of difficult teams. I mean, even though we did have a fourth place schedule again this past year, but just playing against the Niners twice a uh, twice a season in our division. Same thing with the Rams, same thing with the Seahawks. And then we played the the AFC North. You know, you put the Browns, the Ravens, the Bengals when they still had Joe Burrow um, early in the season. And just so many different, um, the Steelers too are, are, are a tough team. And just so many different teams that you played, especially when Kyler came back too. I think we had the hardest strength of schedule to to finish off the season. It was somewhere around like a point like six hundred or or something crazy like that. So just having a difficult season like how we had this this season, like I said, in terms of injuries, you know, even week one, a lot of defense alignment went down with with just season ending injuries. You know, you had someone like an LJ Collier who you thought was was gonna break out with Gannon. And, you know, him being a former first-round pick of the Seahawks, you thought he was going to be able to break out and maybe have, you know, find a home here for the next couple of years. But he got hurt. You know, you want to see what happens maybe next year. He comes back on, a, on another one-year deal, and you can see what, what you have with him. But, yeah, and Buda Bay got hurt early. Um, James Conner went on IR in the middle of season two. And just a lot of things. And uh, Hollywood Brown was never really – he was never really healthy outside of the first couple of games of the season. So having such a difficult season, just all in all, was, I think, tough for Gannon, the coaching staff, and just the team as a whole. But 
you know, when, when Kyler got back at first started gray, then you're kind of a little, a little wobbly here and there, but overall you finish, I think you won four games out of the, or three, four games out of the final eight. So he went, you know, damn near close to 500 football with, with a below, below average roster. And, you know, you, you know, you just have a lot of, you just have a lot of hope for the 2024 season and beyond thinking if you have, if you're able to, you know, get some guys on defense and offense, you're going to be a lot better. So um, he was, he was also asked, you know, talking about that, he was asked about the evaluation of Kyler Murray and and his eight games back, you know, coming back week 10 and then just finishing up the game off against Seahawks uh, this past weekend. He said Kyler is one of the reasons why he's enthused about next year. And yeah, he's basically kept the same, He's kept the same message and, and, and mentality throughout the whole thing that, you know, when he first got the job here, he said Kyler was one of the main reasons why he did come to Arizona. And he said not many, you know, head coaching opportunities come up when you already have a franchise quarterback. And that's something that you don't have to think about. And just obviously Kyler was hurt. He didn't have him for, for the whole season. He only had him for half the season. But, you know, you're going to have him for more for, for 2024 and beyond. Um you know, no matter what happens, if you, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, you're going to drop the quarterback regardless, or a lot of people wanted to get maybe a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, or maybe even like a Jaden Daniels or a Michael Penix. But a lot of these guys, I think coming into the draft, you just hope that some of these guys turn out to be maybe a bigger Kyler Murray. And that's pretty much it. Just because Kyler Murray and, you know, in my eyes, I think he's one of the the most athletic quarterbacks you have in the NFL. He may not be the fastest quarterback, but just because you have guys like Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson who are just amazing athletes, but he's quick enough inside the pocket to make plays happen whenever anything breaks down. You know, I think that's something that you have to have, especially in just modern NFL. Someone that's able to be quick enough to just make a few guys miss and if the play isn't there he's able to make something happen he's he's fast enough to get down the field if he does you know break out of of some containment he's able to get a few yards and he's always looking to slide he's never going to be one of those guys like a josh allen or who takes who takes a lot of contact and is like that's the reason why he gets injured a lot you know whenever you see him out running in the open field he always slides well before anyone's going to tackle him you know whenever he 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 gets out to the sideline, you know, he's always putting the ball forward, trying to get an extra yard or two. I think he plays, you know, whenever he does escape the pocket, he plays a very smart brand of football where no one really is able to touch him. And if they do get near him, he just slides down and, you know, he, he saves his body. So that's something that, that you love to see. Also, his accuracy, too. Um, I think, especially last year, him, that being his worst season so far as a pro, and then just the beginning of this year, you know, just trying to get back in the, in the swing of things um, of playing NFL football. I think, you know, his accuracy is very solid and it has been ever since he's been a rookie. Um, him being able to put the put the ball basically just, you know, right where the receiver can catch it, you know, down the field, you know, in short yarded situations. The only thing he does have trouble with, and I've said this a bunch before in the past, where is is those intermediate routes, you know, in between the ha- in between the hashes and probably past like 10 yards, you know, between that 10, 15 yard mark, that intermediate, those intermediate routes are just always gives him trouble. But I think someone like a Trey McBride helps him in that department. Someone like a Michael Wilson also helps him. And hopefully you get in free agency or the drafts, uh, a bigger wide receiver that, that helps him in those intermediate passes. 
just because, you know, he is a shorter quarterback and you just need more size. Um, it's not a bad thing, but you just need more size at, at your receiver's position than what you had before in a 5'9 Hollywood Brown and a 5'8, you know, uh, Rondell Moore and a Greg Dorch. Although I do love Greg Dorch, like I said, you know, I think he's been this year and last year one of the best receivers once you give him a chance um, in the game. I think he'll fit perfectly in like a slot role for us, you know, have him start there instead of Rondell Moore. I think he gives you so many, um, so much uh, yards after the catch and he doesn't go down after the first sign of contact. And he's just one of those guys that no matter what happens, he's always like falling forward for an extra yard or two um, whenever you get on the ball. So that was one of the main things that I didn't like about the previous regime. But all in all, I think Yannick and Kyler, you know, they're lockstep, you know, they they have a little bromance going on. I think both of them really appreciate each other. You know, on Kyler's side, I could appreciate. Um, I see the way he appreciates how Gannon's mentality is and how much he prepares for a game. You know, prepares for being a head coach. And you know, they they talked about it a lot in the off season when whenever Kyler had questions. You know, Gallon Gannon had answers for whatever questions he had. And if you didn't have an answer. You know, he told them why they, they're doing stuff the way they're doing. He always had a reasoning for whatever he was doing. And if he didn't, you know, he was going to go find one if he didn't have an answer for a specific question. And, you know, vice versa, whenever Gannon would talk to Kyler, um, he would say the same thing. You know, Kyler's always prepared. He always, he's always understanding and trying to figure out, you know, the nuances and the ins and outs of whatever they're doing on defense or on, off on, on offense or on defense, excuse me. And just both of them really clicked with that you know, that, that competitive spirit and the competitive mentality of just, you know, they're the best at what they do and they're going to try, just try and show it um, week in and week out. Kyler also had his presser about what he was talking about and he said that there's a lot, a lot to look forward to. Um, only the past couple of weeks, they really hit their stride in the offense and you could see it um, ever since. I think it started in that Steelers game where you're able to see the kind of how the the future of this offense will go with just you know a heavy run game with James Conner I think that was the first game too that someone like a Michael Carter really broke out where you're able to see just a one-two punch with James Conner and also having Michael Carter uh, James Conner and then Michael Carter um, come in take a few snaps but also those snaps that he gets maybe it's like five ten run snaps or maybe some in the past but he's able to to get those plays and just make electrifying plays you know he's able to make a few guys miss in the open field and he just he looks so quick out there in the field it's it's great to see have that um complimentary back to james connor um and then yeah you have you have you have the steelers game the 49ers game i don't think you know it was tough just because the 49ers are such a great team and i've said this so many times that they're just in a league of their own in terms of having great players on the rosters from top to bottom it was just tough to evaluate but at the same time you know, you, you saw glimpses of how Kyler was able to, to throw to open guys here and there. And you had the Eagles game and then just the Seahawks game where you saw Kyler be more efficient in these past two games. Um, ever since that halftime going into, into um, Philly, you know, he, he's, he's had a great QB rating. He's had a great completion percentage. You know, he's thrown for a bunch of touchdowns and he has a good feel for what's going on in the game you know a lot of under center which i really appreciate just because i think the type of athlete that kyler is obviously he is short but 
him being able to go under center and then just having James Conner as a real threat in the run game. You know, you could do some so much things with play action under center. You could have Kyler roll out. And I think that's something that they didn't really tap into under the previous regime where you had it maybe a few times throughout the year. But whenever you were able to hit it, it felt like an amazing play just because no one expected it. Kyler was able was either able to run for 10, 15 yards or he hit someone down the field for another 20, 25 yards. And it, every time they had play action, it always it was always a great play that happened, but you just never saw it too often, which sucked, but you're able to see it more now. Um, Kyler was also asked about um, the complete 180 with this team, and he said it was re- refreshing to, to have the team, you know, change their mentality and their mindset, you know, just as a whole. And he, he also said it, t- it starts from the top to bottom, you know, someone like Amani Austin for like John Gannon, like uh, Drew Petzing and Nick Rallis, you know, those those leaders in the coaching staff in the front office that that share the same mentality that trickles down all the way to the players is something that that's that's just really a stark different difference from the previous regime to this one and just seeing it throughout the whole season this past year is just great to see too because they like i said they never gave up no matter what no matter what happened it did look like that chicago game that they were going to give up that first quarter, it just looked like they just did not come ready to play. And that could have been just on coaches. That could have been, you know, just going to Chicago. You know, it was a it was a bad weather game. But it just, it looked crazy that first quarter, that first half. But other than that, I feel like no matter what happened, you could turn on the tape and against the Seahawks, against the Eagles. You could do it against the, the 49ers, against the Rams, or all the way, you know, week one to week two against the Commanders and the Giants. If you put all those tapes up, you wouldn't be able to tell, you know, what what week it is. You wouldn't be able to tell, you know, if they're in the playoffs, if they're out of the playoffs, if they have a winning record, if they don't, just because they play hard each and every week. And that's something that every team strives uh, to do. But a lot of teams aren't able to make it happen. And with this team, you know, you had everyone buy into Jonathan Gannon. I think, you know, just as soon as he came into the building, obviously, you know, some stuff on social media, you guys saw that he looked a little, quote unquote, goofy, but the players really bought in, especially in training camp, you saw everyone playing hard. And that really just, uh, that really just showed throughout the whole season, which is a credit to Gannon and his coaching staff that just being, being there and being able to coach him hard every single week, no matter what happens, just showed out on game day on Sundays. And that's just something uh, great to see. And also when Kyler was talking about the complete 180 with the team, he, he you know, he was kind of laughing about it. He doesn't really talk about the previous regime, obviously, because right now it has nothing to do with that. But, you know, he was laughing about it and just, you know, you could tell he wanted to say some things and some things probably popped up into his head, but he just didn't say anything. He just smiled and said it was really refreshing. So that was that was great to see. He also um, said that this is one of his favorite teams to ever be a part of. And he kind of emphasized that with a team that had no complaining, you know, not, no, no players complained throughout the whole season, no matter if they were, if they were in and out of the playoffs, if they were playing good or not, if they were getting the ball or not. Um, they kept grinding and kept playing hard. So basically just everything, like I just said, you know, he basically reemphasized that just this team's mentality of just never quitting, just stayed throughout the whole season. You know, he, he kind of took a back seat in the beginning of the season where he was just rehabbing on his own off to the sideline. He's able to see the mentality of the team. You know, I think he saw a great, he had a great perspective of seeing this team from the sidelines and how they prepare each and every day going into game week for those first eight to 10 weeks of the season. 
And then, you know, in the middle too, he also saw, you know, preparing for the game. Maybe he, he wasn't the starter um, back in week seven, week eight, week nine. Um, but he saw every single player on that team prepared like they're starters. And him doing the same thing just, I think it really just showed the team, you know, obviously, you know, in my eyes, I think Kyler is a great quarterback and I think he does amazing things on the field and he's a great leader. But, you know, for him being uh, on the pup list and just practicing for those first like four or five weeks when he was ele- uh, designated to return and just him being able to show that to everyone on the team, I think was was a great way to show everyone just because. This team, a lot of the people are new. They didn't play, you know, in 2021, much less in 2020. And them being able to see, like, the type of athlete and the type of competitor he is week in and week out, him going to work and just showing that he is a franchise quarterback. I think I think it was someone like a Paris Johnson, I think, said it maybe, like, around week eight or nine. I have to go look it up. But he said um, when Kyler was practicing with the ones, I think it was one of the first times he took reps with the ones, he said, does it look like that all the time? I think he told like uh, DJ Humphreys or someone told DJ Humphreys. I think it might have been one of the rookie guards. I think maybe like a Carter O'Donnell or something like that. And he said, yeah, you know, it looks like that every week. You know, the, the way he throws the ball, the way he's able to pinpoint accuracy on, on a lot of his throws, you know, it looks like that week in and week out. Obviously, he has down weeks and he has better weeks. But most of the time, he is he shows you that he, he is a great passer. You know, his accuracy is off the charts and he's just... He just needs a system to complement it, obviously, like any other quarterback. But just getting this team up to up to the point where you're able to compete with everyone um, is just something that you hope to see in 2024. So that was basically Gannon and Kyler, what they talked about um, post-game. I think you're going to have Gannon talk Monday about just the end of the season. Maybe you have Kyler talk, um, but who knows what's going to happen. So basically with the game recap... Um, just going over the offense and the defense. So starting off the offense, um, I think the offense moved the ball great outside of the first quarter. Um, it just felt like, you know, throughout the whole game, the the Cardinals were just the better team all in all. Obviously, you had guys making great plays like a Tyler Lockett. You know, he went off against this team. Like, he pretty much always does go off against this no matter what happens. It's always like Tyler Lockett having 200, 150 yards and just – crazy amount of yards against us it just it's crazy to see especially when, when Russ was there it just always felt like they're gonna hit a 40 50 yard touchdown bomb just just to steal the game but you know I think the offense moved great um like I said before the the, the running with James Conner you know obviously you wanted James Conner to get a thousand rushing yards this season he had probably 80 rushing yards before the half and you knew that they were going to try and get him those 110 yards. He finished with 150, which was great. I, 150 is a new career high in rushing yards for him. Um, I looked it up in the fourth quarter. I think his previous high was 146 around there, 145. And that was his two highest rushing games were with the Steelers about like three, four years ago. I think it was 140 yards rushing and then the 145, 146 yards. But he has a new career high in rushing yards. You know, all the compliments, all the blessings to the James Conner, he is going into his 29-year-old season, which for a running back, it's 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 crazy to see just because, you know, at this point, everyone talks about, you know, the age 30 season, you know, late 20s, you know, 29, 30, 31, that, you know, running backs are going to, you know, fall off a cliff and you're not going to have that athleticism with him. But I think with James Conner, 
you've seen that ever since he got here, you know, two, three years ago, he's gotten better every single year. And I think this offense, the, the offense that Drew Pressing wants to run, that I've talked about many times where it's a, uh, it's similar to, you know, the Browns offense, the, the 49ers offense, a, a little mixture of the Eagles offense with like the type of running schemes that they do. I think James Conner is going to have a great, you know, season next year. And I don't see any sign of him slowing down. Um, obviously I think he is going to miss games just because that's what it's been ever since he, he started taking meaningful meaningful snaps for the Steelers. I think he's missed at least like three, four games um, every year. But outside of that, I think, you know, if you're able to get uh, someone like a third string back that's sort of similar to James Conner's style, you know, a, uh, a bigger back that kind of helps in the goal line situations. You hope Michael Carter um, is back next season. He plays exactly the same. Hopefully, you know, he does get a larger role. But with James Conner, you know, you do expect him to miss a few games in the season. But overall, I think him being in this offense is going to be great for next year. And just having him with Kyler, you know, I think an underrated aspect of having James Conner on this team is just the type of the type of leader James Conner is. You know, he's not the type of guy that's that's really just a loud guy, a, a really verbal guy. Whenever he does his interviews in the post game, he's always, you know, he doesn't really say much. He just says, you know, the team played great. Um, you know, I want to praise God. And, and you know, I just want to help this team win. And that's basically what he does um, every single game. And he, you know, his touchdown celebrations are always, you know, the, the him, you know, going on his knees and just praying. And it's just, it's great to have him, someone like that next to Kyler, just because I think Kyler is also really like soft-spoken type of guy where he's not going to say much. But, you know, both of them understand each other on the field. And him being sort of like a similar type of leader to Kyler, I think is is great to see. You know, you have someone like a DJ Humphreys who who's a, who's a louder guy. Someone like hopefully in the future like a Paris Johnson who's also you know a, a louder, outspoken guy. And just having someone like that being one of the leaders on this offense and this team as a gen, as as a whole is is great to see. Um, it was also his first thousand yard rushing season, which is great to see. Um, especially having his first thousand rushing yard season with this new regime. I think it just shows how much different this team is than two years before. Obviously he's been close. He's had eight, seven, you know, 900 yards rushing. Um, I think probably every season, I don't think he's been any less or any more than that, but having him in this new offense, showing them that they could run this, this style of offense. And it seems like they could run on pretty much anyone. It looked like, no matter what happened, if you're playing the 49ers, if you're playing the Eagles, you're playing the Steelers, you're playing the Rams, you're playing just no matter who was out there, it, it just always seemed like we're getting 100 yards damn near by James Conner. You know, we're getting 200 yards as a whole rushing as a team. And something like that is just great to see. It reminds me of, of Kyle Shanahan where it's like, you know, everyone says, you know, Shanahan's going to run the ball. And you're going to try and stop it, but you're not going to be able to stop it. He's going to just have, no matter who's out there, rush for 100, 200 yards. And just as a whole, you're going to just, they're always going to run the ball. You're going to try and stop it, but you can't. So that's something that I I look forward to with this offense. You know, people saying that the Cardinals are going to run the ball regardless. And, you know, you're going to try and stop it, but you can't. And then you also have Kyler Murray. He's able to run the ball. He's able to pass the ball. So just having that, having that type of offense where, you truly just can't stop one thing like running the ball 
And then you're going to have to just deal with Kyler Murray um, through the air, Trey McBride through the air, you know, Michael Wilson through the air. It's going to be just great to see defenses try and stop it. And hopefully next year we do take that large leap into, you know, um, playoff contention. Um, like, you know, going off of what I said, Trey McBride, Michael Wilson, they also had um, solid games. I think Michael Wilson, you know, he had a he had a breakout game with Kyler Murray, which is great to see. He had six catches for 95 yards and just him. You know, that Steelers game, I don't think he had a catch against the 49ers. He maybe had one catch. And against the against the, the Eagles, he had that missed route with him. So it was just great to finish the season with with a strong game with Michael Wilson and Kyler Murray. I think both of them going into the next season, I think through the offseason, you're going to see them training a lot together. You're going to see them working out a bunch uh, together just to get that chemistry and connection right. But having Michael Wilson finish the season strong, you know, against the Eagles, against the Seahawks now with these yards is going to go well for 2024. He's going to have that confidence going into next season that's saying like, oh yeah, like I have, you know, I have a quarterback that could get me the ball and I just need to, you know, stay healthy, which is one of the knocks that he's had, you know, especially this season too. He had, I think it was like a neck shoulder injury, but then also that, that took him out for a couple of weeks. And then just, I think he, he hit a rookie wall too. Just like I said in the previous podcast, these rookies, they play, up until their last season in college, you know, going through spring ball, going through the whole season, and then going through draft, and then starting the NFL season, you don't really get a break, you know, as a rookie. So some people, they their energy just runs out just because they've been training their body so hard for a year plus. And now the rookies, now they're finally getting a chance to get a, a, a mini break before, you know, training hard again and going into the offseason. So him, I think finishing great is uh, finishing strong is just great to see someone like a Trey McBride. He didn't do too well this game. You know, he had a few misses. You know, he I think he had a drop. He finished the game off for three catches for 34 yards, which you know is nowhere near the type of performance Trey McBride can be. But I think it was just the Seahawks, just you know, just being the Seahawks, and they just weren't able to get. You know, they're always going to take away something, and you know, this time it was Trey McBride. I think Kyler did um, target him. I think six or seven times. It just he just wasn't there that game. You know, it's tough. He doesn't have that confidence, I think, just off of this game going into next season. But as a whole, he did have a breakout season. I think he had seven, 800 yards. And hopefully next year, I think he might be a Pro Bowl alternate just because of the Lions, uh, Sam Laporta. He hurt his knee or something like that during the, the, the last week of the season. So hopefully you know, Trey McBride goes in as an alternate. I think that would be great for him just to get more exposure for him. And then him going to 2024, him having that confidence of hopefully getting a thousand yards. I think only one other tight end in Cardinals history has had a thousand yards receiving, and hopefully Trey McBride. I think that was back in the 80s or maybe even the 60s. But hopefully Trey McBride could be one of the the better tight ends in this in this conference in this league. And just him being only 23, 24 years old is is great. Buda Baker also had a solid game. He had 10 tackles, which was the most in the team. Um, he, he almost had that pick, and I think all of us thought he had the pick. You know, if you guys follow me on Twitter or you guys follow the podcast, you know, I, I think I talked about it last one or the, the podcast before where, you know, I just said Buda Baker. You know, I tweeted out there that Buda Baker doesn't really take, take the ball away. You know, he's a great tackler in the open field, but he doesn't really make those game-changing plays like other top safeties. Um, I said that you probably should have traded him um, before the season when he asked for the trade. But I understand him being like the heart and soul of this defense 
the reason why you didn't want to trade him just because if you lost Hopkins, if you lost JJ Watt, you lost like a Byron Murphy, Zach Allen, and also losing a Buddha Baker, it would it would have been tough to it would have been tough to overcome that just because he's such he's such a, a face of this team. So you know, I'm glad that we didn't trade him. Obviously, you know, it, it's better to be a year early than a year late on a lot of players. I think you know someone like a Bill Belichick showed that a bunch where. You know, he moved off of guys just at the right time before they started to decline. Maybe they went off to another team and had a, a great, solid season. But most of the time, you know, after, you know, Bill Pelichick gets rid of someone, they usually, you know, start declining. So hopefully Buda Baker doesn't decline. Hopefully he's able to take the ball away more next season with, with a better defense around him. But, you know, him finishes finishing the season strong, you know, like I said, this, this has been a down year for him. But he's still in the Pro Bowl. He's still... Hopefully he's going to get consideration for maybe like an all pro, although with the lack of stats, I don't think he'll he'll make it. But at the same time, he's he's been having a solid season. Hope someone like him and uh, Jalen Thompson just continue to have a great dynamic safety room going into 2024. And also adding someone like a Garrett Williams who plays a slot and with them three sort of, you know, transitioning depending on how the offense looks, you know. Sometimes um, Garrett Williams plays like a safety. Sometimes Jalen Thompson comes in and plays a slot corner. So just really switching out those three guys in the middle of the field is something that you hope to see in the future with just better better pass rushers, better corners that's able to just help them, you know, just reach that next level of being for Garrett Williams, maybe a Pro Bowl for Buddha getting back to the All Pro stats for Jalen Thompson getting to an All Pro Pro Bowl um, nominations. Um, there was no sacks or anything that were that was close to like changing the game. Is like I said, it's been at this point probably two months or a little over two months that we had a sack, uh, a nice sack, not one of the ones where like the quarterback is running off to the sidelines and you push him out of bounds and it's technically a sack. But you know we had no sacks. But Dennis Gardeck, you know he played great. Besides the one play where he just lost the ball in when in coverage, but. You know, he had a, a solid season. He had a solid game. I think Zabin, both of them were really close to stacking Gino. I think a few times they just they just missed him by a second. You know, Gino does get the ball out quick, which is which is tough to see as as a as someone that just wants to see, you know, us get a sack. But I think with that group, you hopefully add an alpha guy in there in free agency or the draft. And just I think if you stick with Zabin and go and Dennis Gardeck and someone like a Cameron Thomas, Cameron Thomas, hopefully he does he does great in the offseason to to be active on Sundays. Or maybe someone like a Victor Dumakeji who who's played solid these past couple of games. You know, with with those group of guys and also just adding like a vet, uh, an alpha, a dog out there on the edge, I think would be great just to put just to give less pressure on Zabin and Gardek and everyone else in there. Um like I said, I think the defense as a whole plays solid. Um this the Seahawks offense is explosive. You have uh Kenneth Walker, you have uh, DK Metcalf, you have Tyler Locker, you have Jake Bobo I, in the beginning was going off. Um, you have someone like uh, Jackson Smith who, who who played great. So just this defense playing solid without the, you know, I say this every week, but just playing a lot better than, than what it looks like on paper. It's just a credit to the, to the, to the coaches. Um, and also one last thing before I leave, uh, Prater. You know, he did miss those two field goals at the end. You know, a lot of people were kind of bashing him on online. But, you know, whatever happens, I, I don't think, you know, you know, I kind of joke about this, that Monty made a boss call and just told him to miss the field goals or Biddle made a boss call. But 
all in all, I think just Prater just, you know, he had a bad, he had a bad day and maybe he was mentally checked out. He didn't think he, he was going to kick the field goal. You know, it is the last game of the season. Just anything could happen. But all in all, Prater comes back next year. You have no worries at the kicker position. He's one of the best kickers that we've had in a while. Um, and hopefully he just gets better with age and he's able to play for so many more years to come just because you have someone like a weapon like Prater, like no matter what happens, if you're at the 50, you're able to make a field goal. It just feels like with Prater. And if you're just able to pass the 50, it just feels like it's automatic with Prater. So hopefully, you know, everything is good um, on that front. He comes back, he doesn't retire. And I think, you know, after the game, he, he was kind of sad saying that, you know, that's why he gets paid. He gets paid to make, to make those kicks. But all in all, I think, you know, him missing those kicks gave us that fourth overall pick. And, you know, in all reality, I think ultimately we're probably going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, if all goes well, I think those first three, you know, with the with the Chicago, with Washington, New England, I think they're all going to take quarterbacks. I saw a lot of people talking about that where it's Caleb, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels, and then whoever is remaining for that third, um, third overall pick. And the Cardinals are sitting there fourth overall, happy with whoever is remaining there so that's pretty much it that i have for you guys um we are going to be doing these podcasts hopefully just going over if any breaking news happens free agency stuff maybe we go over a few different free agents kind of break that down draft season is coming up we'll see who where money takes his visits the senior bowl is coming up the combine so a lot of exciting things happening for 2024 and beyond and like i said you know last week i really appreciate all you guys listening to me um like subscribe you know give the podcast a five star you know review it what you guys like what you guys don't like um dm me if you guys want me to talk about anything specific and yeah thank you guys so much for listening and i'll see you next time